0: And welcome to episode 18 of X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. This episode we'll be looking at uh, the new comics that have come out and discussing the latest Phantom news. So with me, as always, I have Jermaine Parker. How are you, mate? Not bad yourself, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, I'm pretty good. And returning, we have Stephen East. How are you, Stephen? I'm good, mate, and Yeah, good. Good. All right, well, um, we've got a fair bit to get through, especially in regards to uh, new issues, so let's um, get straight into it, eh?
1: Yeah, I can't wait till we get to talk about the new issues.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jermaine's been talking at the bit for this one. He's very opinionated. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, right, let's start off with um, the new series spinning out of um, King's Watch from Dynamite. So... Speaking out of King's Watch next year, King, uh, sorry, Dynamite Entertainment is having a huge event called Just King, where they're um, printing stories, uh, individual series based on several King features um, properties, and of those, of course, the Phantom and Mandrake are two. And they're going to be, I think, it's six issues each, and then at the end they're all going to come together in another big kind of event book similar to King's Watch. So, so far, we've had um, a preview of two pages of uh, the Phantom book, just in the black and white art, which you can see on the website, and also uh, on our Facebook page, Phantom Collector, um, Luke Began has been kind enough to post photos of uh, previews from Flash Gordon issue 7, I believe it is, which in the back of that comic, they show pre- previews of Mandrake, the Phantom, uh, Prince Valiant and Jungle Jim as well, I think.
1: Yes, that's correct. I've um, I've purchased a comic after that, uh, so it's in transit. It should be interesting. Um, uh, from as much as you can view it on Facebook, the, the art looks alright. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I always go backwards and forwards whether I like the idea of Loafer taking it for a short term to try and find the uh The true air as was the story in King's Watch, and then in other da- in other moments, I hate the idea and wish they didn't mess with it. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know whether it's you know which way the wind's blowing, which way I like, you know whether I like it or hate it. But um, it's it's definitely interesting. I'll, one thing that does make me that that I do have a big question is. Does Dynamite mess with every character like I have messed with the Phantom, or is the Phantom the only character that they've messed with?
0: Yeah, well, I think they've changed up, and we saw this in King's Watch too, we've chan- they've changed up Mandrake a bit, making him more like a um, Doctor Strange-type character than just a simple illusionist. Um, but I don't really have a lot of knowledge on Flash or Prince Valiant, so I can't really speak to those. But they've definitely made Mandrake out to be something more of a sorcerer, I think, than just a mu- magician.
2: And who's this Jungle Jim fella? No um, idea. He's another um, he's
1: another, he's another. strip that was published along in the King's uh, King's Feature. So um, he's just another character, kind of like Prince Valiant um, and stuff like that. I uh, I don't know... I don't think he's still like being printed or published in the stories, so I think it might be an older story. Um, but yeah, he's, so he's just like another character that King features, or King, you know, yeah, King features had in their, um, I don't know, that they were able to provide the newspapers back in the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd never heard of him before um, he was announced as part of this this event, so, yeah. <laughs> just having a look oh, on, the, um,
2: on the Dynamite website, it's saying about mucking around with the Phantom. I'm just having a look, and it's got here the, um, the Sing group, so they're they're, um, they're putting the, the Sing pirates in there in, in some form or, or another. Oh, cool. Oh, wow, that'll be good. Yeah, I'll just read, it's the um, preview for Phantom number two. It says, Global Sabotage. The Phantom hunts the mysterious Sing group an organisation bent on stopping crucial recovery efforts due to Ming the Merciless's failed attempt to conquer Earth. Will the Phantom discover Sing's ultimate goal, or is it already time to choose another ghost who wars?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like... Uh, this is their third attempt at doing the Phantom, um, and it's probably the most outrageous one yet, I would say. Really? Yeah, well, the last fandom, you know, although not everyone probably agreed with it, it, did, it was fairly true, you know. You know, the, the second one was, you know, yeah, okay, you can understand it. But the third one, you know, I, I don't know. For, I, I think it's probably the most outrageous of it yet. Um, so, I don't know how it's going to go with Hermes and, and everything else, and I don't know whether it's, you know... Well, what's going to happen? Actually, no. It's the fourth. It's the fourth one, isn't it? Because it's legendary.
0: Yeah, it's their so, fourth attempt. Why do you say it's the most outrageous? Is it just because Lothar's in the costume, or? Yeah, I think it is because.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I think it is because you know Lothar, in a sense, is his own hero. He's his own character. Um, you know, he's not just a. No, I don't want to be crass, but he's not just a sidekick. That's you know, um, he is he is actually his own um, his own
0: character. Fair enough. What about you, Stephen? Do you have any opinions one way or the other? Um,
2: I probably don't don't mind this one as much as like uh, the last Phantom. Um, like that one got better. Like at the start, there it was just just playing wrong in, in, in parts. And um, you know, I, like the, I like the legendary phantom. and um, yeah, I don't mind this story the storyline about the true mind being lost and he's on the search to try and to find him. Like, he's the guy until he finds the next guy or finds mm-hmm. the right guy, whatever, whatever the quote is. I don't mind that as a, as a nice little theme. And hopefully he finds the, the, the next guy soon. Yeah,
0: well, I think it's always been something of an elephant in the room, with the Phantom, you know, the question of what happens if the Phantom's killed before he has a son or a daughter. Um you know, they've always rather conveniently married to to have offspring before they're killed. So uh, I think it's an interesting look at the you know, the lineage, the you know, the, the things that could possibly go wrong with hoping that your son or whoever would take over.
1: Yeah, they haven't played it safe with either four of their um, uh, versions of the fandom. It makes me wonder if they actually did play it safe and they stuck a little bit more to the law, whether um, they lost the rights or they had to share the rights.
0: Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, honestly, the rights thing probably just comes down to money. But um, but you yeah, would think
1: I... that Dynamite would have more money than, the, than Hermes?
0: Well, possibly, but Hermes already had the, the reprint thing going, so I suppose there was a pre-existing relationship there. I don't, we still don't really know what, what happened with that. Um, but I, I'd, I'm sure there are certain things that um, Kings would say, no, you can't do this with the Phantom, but from what we've seen, they, they seem pretty relaxed. Um As as far as Dynamite playing it safe, I kind of like the fact that they don't. I like to, you know, try and see them try different things and read what different things they can do. If it was just exactly the same as all the other stuff, then, um, you know, kind of what's the point? And you might say, well, then what's the point of Hermes? The point of Hermes, then, if it's going to be traditional, it's what they do in that setting. So that's where the interest comes in. But, no, I think it's good that he's... um, the dynamite's trying something different.
2: A nice alternative line, I think.
0: Yeah, if we've got the official
2: line, which is you know the, the the newspaper, the dailies, and the Sundays, or what have you. Then we get the, the Scandinavian universe, which yeah, you oh,
1: know, not this know. argument.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind having different different universes or whatever you want to call them, um, and they all kind of blend in, and some of the boundaries might be a bit blurred, but. Yeah, I, I don't mind having this alternative universe, if
1: you, if you like. Oh, we're going to have this uh, the canon versus the unofficial canon
0: argument again, are we? <laughs> oh, no. no <laughs> not, not all of us made it an argument, Jermaine. Some of us just <laughs> went, you know, read whatever you like. There was other certain people in the community that got all up in arms about it. Not everyone has a problem with it. All right,
1: moving on. <laughs> as long as...
0: as, long as
2: You'd think as canon as the official thing, so yeah, all the Leaf Five stuff, that, that's all official, you know, all the, you know, who married yeah. who, and, and yeah. yeah, That's all the official stuff. And, exactly. Yeah. And but you know, the
1: only, comics, I agree with that. The only problem with that is that Leaf uh changed his mind on oh, these yeah. things. Yeah, so, but if the creator yeah.
0: changes his mind, then I think you've just got to go whatever, with whatever the last decision was. I mean, he is the creator, so.
1: Yeah. But, but you I know think that might be a uh, I would love to have this discussion for a podcast so uh, maybe podcast 19 we can do uh, what is the official <laughs> official canon of the fan I reckon it will be an awesome discussion
0: right fair enough right I'll put it on the to-do list <laughs> <laughs> okay right well let's let's um move on then so <laughs> after that we, what do we have next oh so we have the the um, Bradford replica Phantom pistols. Bradford's released some new collectibles, which are replica um, pistols of the Phantoms uh, 45s. Uh, you can, you know, subscribe to them like Bradford does with all their stuff. Individually, the guns sell for 119.98 US, or or you can get them in two installments of 59.99. Ah, uh, sorry, Australian, not US. 59.99 Australian. Um, now, there was a bit of furor about this. Um, certain people in the community were quite disappointed when we found out exactly what these were. Okay, basically it was just me. Um, so they're not... the are guns in holsters. The holsters has um, Doug Kaluba, Sorry, Doug, I'm not sure how you pronounce your last name. Um, artwork from Moonstone on the holsters. It's got uh, the little skull... In the triangle sort of design from the Phantom's belt, and it's got the good mark on the hilt um, of the gun, and the clasp that's holding the holster closed is a skull mark. Now, the way it's written on the website, it read like they were actually guns in a holster, but it turns out they're not, it's just one piece. One big thing. So the gun and the holster is one thing. It can't actually be taken out of the holster. Um, someone explained that this was probably due to the Australian gun laws, which is fair enough. However, I felt that it was a bit, you know, a bit false rubbish. Advertising. Yeah, a bit false advertising. Um And there have been replica guns sold in Australia. Yes, sometimes they do cause a lot of trouble and a lot of hullabaloo trying to get them through customs or whatever, but it has been done. Um, Anyway, I wouldn't be spending $120 on these. What about you guys? No. And one thing, too, it says um, the guns sell sell individually for $119.98. Now, is that... When it says individually, does it mean individually a set of two or individually 120 for one gun, 120 for the second? And, and, is, is, it, each issue. and is it like, do you get like a left
1: and a right one?
0: I don't know. Um, I'm looking at their website now and I'm trying to see uh, what the information says, but it's not particularly. So issue 1 and
2: issue 2 there. And uh, 120 so, bucks
0: each issue. Yeah, so you're up for $240 all up. That's that's quite a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, they've they've released some really nice stuff and some average stuff, and then they've released some stuff that's just um, worth just skipping over. Yeah. <sighs> um, I would like to see them release some new art, though.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm getting a bit tired of them uh, just reusing the same art over and over and over. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got Glenn Ford to design some of their collectibles, like he did the uh, the, the um, prints. yeah, the prints and the cuckoo clock and stuff. So why not get him to design some new artwork to go on your collectibles? You know, if you're going to be doing that, then that's just my...
1: Yeah, no, I'm, my, I'm with you on you? that one. What do you reckon, Steve? Have you got any of their stuff?
2: No, I don't. I don't have any of their stuff, but my budget doesn't really go that far. I was having a look at their website just before. I kind of thought, oh, that'd be nice, but... Um... Uh, and yeah, I, and I, I couldn't see myself hanging those up on
0: my wall either. No, no, no. But, um, um, I, I agree
2: with you with the um, with the Glenn Ford stuff rather than always, you know, chugging out the um, the, the Moonstone stuff or Yeah, and, the and
0: don't get me wrong, I think Doug's art is absolutely beautiful, but you don't want six collectibles all with the same artwork on it, you know? Yeah. It cheapens the artwork. It yeah,
1: cheapens, it does. It, it cheapens the uh, the art cheapens what's on the art uh, you know what what's actually being produced as well yeah. because you know you have it's, it's a lovely piece you know Doug has produced some of the best covers um, of you know of 75 80 years of you know of or 70 years of producing phantom comics um, but you know getting stuff that just looks a bit tacky and it, it just cheapens it
0: yeah I, I don't like how they put artwork on everything like it kind of works a bit for this gun holster i would have preferred it just to be black leather to be honest but it kind of works but like when they released that set of knives and the blades had the artwork on them i just think that looks terrible i'd much prefer just that nicely sculpted hilt with a you know silver metal blade it doesn't have to be sharp i'm not going to be peeling my carrots with it you know but i just think putting the artwork on there just makes it look really tacky and yuck but, you know, uh, that's, that's, and I know there are some people out there that have a full set of the knives, and I'm sorry if I've offended you by saying that, but that's just my, um, that's just my opinion on it, so, yeah. Alright, any, anything else we want to say about that before we?
1: No. Nah.
0: Okay. Right, well, the next bit of news we have is also, um, merchandise related, so, uh, Limitless Visions, the people who, um, are the, on sellers for Casual Fridays Phantom Gear, that's the company that does all the t shirts and the little um three inch, three and a half inch um PVC figure. They've released a limited edition box set um which goes for strangely um well not strangely I suppose when you consider it it goes for fifty nine ninety five Australian to sixty two ninety five Australian. Now it comes with um one of the purple versions of the PVC figures and a uh, Phantom T-shirt. Now I'm assuming that the differentiation in price that depends on which size shirt you get, uh, because I know, um, for instance, it's a little bit cheaper to get a small shirt than it is to get a large or an extra large.
1: Yeah, oh, size discrimination.
0: Yeah. Well, more oh, ma- it's all the time. More material. You've got to you've got to have more material. Then. Um, but then you would think
1: that. Um, Women's clothing would be even would be a little cheaper than what it is because it's they use less material.
0: Yeah, but women are more <laughs> keen to about. buy clothes than than men are. So you know, um, yeah, I, I honestly think it's a bit weird myself. But you know, that must that's the only reason I can think of. That's that's all I'm saying. I don't know if that is the reason, but that's kind of the only one that makes sense. I'm, I'm um, kind of interested in the, in the price there, Jake. So I, I was
2: in a shop uh, a few weeks ago. I was in um, a shop in Geelong. And I saw this box set, and I had it for. I'm sure it said 49.95, and that was for all the sizes.
0: Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Now, I will say, and we might get in trouble for this, but it's a fan podcast, so we've got to let people know. Limitless Visions does tend to be on the expensive side. Um, I bought one of the shirts that Limitless Limitless Visions has directly through Casual Friday. Um, I'm not going to say what the price was, but paying the cost of the shirt in US, so um, converting it to Australian dollars, whatever it was at the time, including the shipping, was cheaper than buying it through Limitless Visions. So it was cheaper to get something imported from the US than it was to buy through Limitless Visions. Now, I understand that Limitless Visions is a business, and they need to make money. They've got to import the shirts themselves and send them on, so they've got to cover their costs, but they do tend to be quite expensive. Um, and I know, um, like you were saying, Stephen, some shops do sell the shirts cheaper. King's Comics is one of them, um, but that might be because they themselves order it directly from Casual Friday um, instead of Limitless Vision. So maybe they're um, saving on shipping there if they're buying them in bulk or whatever. So yeah, it's worth looking around, um, looking around for those shirts. Uh, is any are you guys going to get this or? Um, maybe but probably not at the
1: moment. Um, I've just had a bit of big splurge,
0: mm.
1: um, so I'm probably going to be taking it a little bit easier. And but it looks nice. It really looks nice. Um, the box. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably at the moment, not now.
0: Well, one thing I will definitely be getting is, if you look on um, the Chronicle Chamber website, the post is called Limited Edition Set from Limitless Visions. Also in that post, uh, we've mentioned that um, there is another T-shirt coming out, which is called The Man Who Cannot Die T-shirt design. There's a picture of it there. Um, I will definitely be getting that. That can be ordered directly through Previews, the comic store catalogue. I think that design is just beautiful i absolutely love that design it's a bit darker than probably some fans would like um it's basically the Phantom Phantom looking pretty badass there with his guns and a bit of a skull in the background um on a black t-shirt but i think it's a very nicely illustrated design so i'll be picking that one up myself i've already pre-ordered it so at the next um next gathering i'll have to wear it show it off <laughs> So, But it's great. I'm loving, loving that Limitless Visions and um, Casual Friday keep releasing these T-shirts and things because it's been a little while before these guys came out that we had some decent Phantom shirts. So, Yeah. yeah I've, I've almost got enough for one each day now. You've <laughs> uh, got, got to have
1: a washing day. So.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, if you live over in the God's country, we don't wear shirts. It's too hot. <laughs> it's
0: the same Mate, well, maybe they'll, they'll start a um, singlet line, an underwear line. <laughs> we can suggest that to them. <laughs> Righto. Um, well, let's move on to the next thing. So recently, um, oh well, it actually probably depends where you are in Australia because it seems that different parts of Australia get these at different times. But for a lot of people, the Phantom 2015 diary has come out. Uh, again, it's from Mallon Publishing. It's exactly the same format as the previous years. It's a hardcover spiral-bound um, book with uh, covers from all over the world. Um, I'm assuming all three of us have got this?
2: Uh, hasn't come to mind, you sorry.
0: Oh, hasn't it? Wow. No. Well, I've, I've seen about three or four different shops up my way that are selling it, and like yourself, Stephen, other people have said they can't find it anywhere, so... Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's strange um, the way that it sort of appears in one or two places and then not anywhere else.
1: I think it all depends on if the newsagent or the bookstores occasionally uh, have it as well, whether they um, order it. Like, there was one bookstore that had ordered it, but they hadn't got around to um, unpacking it. So it was sitting in a box at the back of their, um, uh, back of their store for two months before they even bothered bringing it out. Oh, you're joking. Um, that was last year. Last year, I ended up just buying them online because it was so hard to... This time, I drove about 40, 50 minutes to a news agent that um, I knew had had it because I had a family member say, oh, is that this news agent," And I saw it, and I thought, well, that's it, we're going there. So I went and brought, you know, I went and brought one.
0: Oh, wow. I feel sorry for you guys. I had two within walking distance of my place that was stocking it. So I sh- I, c- I could have picked you one up. Um, yes. Actually, uh, we've got a shopping mall here that has, excuse me, has one of those um, pop-up calendar stools. I think it's a Calendar Club, and that was selling them as well. So if you have a mall anywhere um, near where you're living, if anyone listening lives within driving distance of a mall, you might be able to find it at a Calendar Club. Although the one near me sold out of them very quickly. The lady was telling me so. Yeah, hurry up and check that they're still there. Um, failing that, I'm sure you would be able to get them through Phantom's Vault. Yes, and you can. I know um, Pop Culture, a uh, website we've mentioned several times on the website, sells them as well. Um, and you could probably get them online from various comic stores like Minotaur and King's Comics and Graphic Action, places like that. So if you can't find them anywhere near you, there are avenues um, to get them through. So So don't fret too much.
1: Yeah, or you can just uh, get in touch with Joe and he'll be able to pick him up saying he's got seeing he's got half of the uh, stock around around where he lives. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, although there will there will be a finders fee of 20 dollars. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm I'm sure I can manage that. Um so what do you think of the, the diary this year, guys? Happy with it? Um yeah, it's it's the same
1: as what we normally get. I was um I must admit, i get them every year um, mm. because that's just the compulsive nature of my uh, collecting addiction.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but this year was probably the first time in a couple of years that I've actually flicked through it. Yep. Um, and one thing that, I don't know, that it's, it's nice to have the covers, it's nice to have the fandom facts, and it's nice and retro, but it would be nice to um, have kind of like, you know, at the special dates writing, you know, stuff like, you know, Lee Falk was born this day, Sky Barry was born this day, Ray yeah. died or was born or, you know, like, or, you know, this is First the... First time this
2: the is, published or
1: something. Yeah, you know, like key moments scattered throughout the year. Like, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but um, Phantom's Vault released a um, a calendar in 1999.
0: Oh, that's where um, he's sitting on the throne, isn't
1: it? On the throne, yeah. yeah. So, in, on that, and they managed to fit this in with, you know, like, you know, little small little squares. They've got key dates, like, you know, um, you know, you know. so key dates, like all those stuff I said. So, it would have it been nice to have some of that stuff in there. Yeah, it means they would have to spend a little bit more time on it, but, you know, if you want us to pay 30, you know, 25 to 30 bucks...
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly a cheap diary, nah. Especially when um, it doesn't actually get used as a diary.
1: <laughs> nah. Well, that's it. I reckon probably ninety percent of all the people that buy them are collectors, and they wouldn't even dream of writing in it. Yeah. Um, they'll be horrified if they heard that you know it was actually meant to be used as a diary, and people are actually using it as a diary. Mm.
0: One thing I will say though. Um, and, and this is just off the top of my head, so it, it well, I, I thought about it when I was looking through it after I got it. So I could be wrong, but I don't think they've actually repeated any of the covers, uh, which, given how many they've done, is pretty good. Um, yeah. Of course, there are lots and lots of fanner covers out there to choose from, but um, you know, it, it's a lot easier to to just grab the images you have on file rather than find a whole bunch of new ones. So. Yeah, that's true. So that's, I think that needs to be um, commented yeah. on, you know, give them kudos for that. Definitely.
1: Um, another thing that I have noticed, um, in throughout the diary they've got the Phantom Facts, and, you know, they're, they're quite good. Um, the one on June 24th, it's not wrong per se, but, um, yeah, there's a little bit of clarity. I'll read the Phantom Fact out for the people that don't have it.
0: Which, which, says, which month is June again? I can't remember. No, it falls. <laughs> no, it's the fourth month. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, I know that one. My birthday's in April. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, at the start um, of at, at the start of the uh, podcast when I'm getting ready, folks, I was trying to find the correct date and I couldn't and they kept ripping me off that I didn't know my month. So, yeah, bit of a joke. Sorry. <laughs>
1: So the phantom fact is the word phantom was used as a password by the Norwegian resistance during the Second World War. So where that fact or the story behind this fact has come is, I don't know, back in the 90s or the 80s, might have even been a little bit earlier, um, Lee Fork went to some of the Scandinavian countries and was told this story by someone. Now, um, I've followed this up and I've had a great discussion with um, with some people who were with Lee fork at the time uh, some people who are quite uh, knowledgeable in the phantom history in Norway nor uh, in Norway and in the surrounding areas and it's not confirmed so I guess it's just something that's that's interesting to, to raise is that you know it's it's a great story and it's a great I guess, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a great story to be able to think that the word phantoms was used as a password, but there's nothing really, we can't really confirm it as a fact. It's more folklore, I would probably class it as. Fair enough. And while, you know, while we're talking about the Second World War, there's, you know, some of the, the, the stories behind the phantom and, you know, how strips were smuggled in and and all that type of stuff. It's fascinating um, information. and I'm, I'm, I know for a fact there's several, um, several sources out there that go into a lot more detail, and I won't make this podcast even longer, but it's definitely worth uh, having a bit of a, a, a read and a bit of a research and finding out as much information about it, because, it's, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating.
0: Yeah, well, maybe that could be another podcast episode. Yes. Cool. Um. Anything else we want to mention about the diary before we move on? No, I'm happy. Okay. All right. Well, the last bit of news we've got is that uh, at the gallery, Art Gallery of New South Wales, there has been um, an exhibition of Phantom artwork called, appropriately enough, the Phantom Show, which uh, features a whole host of artwork by various famous Australian artists, um, which features their take on the ghost who walks um unfortunately none of us here on the podcast was able to go but you can see um various uh photos i suppose of the artworks if you go to australiangalleries.com.au um, and look under exhibitions you'll be able to find images there um this was put on uh does anyone know the dates of it i've did have it here um, a second it's ago. It's just
1: closed, actually. It's so it was closed. open okay. the 9th to the 21st. Yeah. It was done by um, uh, Peter Kensington and Dietmar. I can't say his last name, sorry. Little um
0: Vats. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. For those that don't know, Dietmar is the man behind the 99.94 prints that started around, was it 96, 95, somewhere around there? Um, he started getting various artists from all over the world to create giant, um, paintings and images of the Phantom, um, many of which are absolutely beautiful, and if you've been to, uh, any of the Fork dinners or had a bit of a search online, you've probably seen some. Um, so yeah, he was contacted by the Gallery of New South Wales, I believe, to help curate this exhibition. Anyway, sorry, what were you going to say, Jimmy? Um, yeah, no, that's pretty much it, um. I've had a bit of a. I've had
1: a good look through it. I'm not. Um, some of the artworks interesting. <laughs> um, um, it's you know it's 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 rather interesting stuff. Um, some of it's really nice. Yeah. Um, some of it's kind of like, but maybe that's just because I haven't studied art and I don't appreciate abstract stuff that looks like a, a two year old has created. Um, but yeah, it it's um. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good to see the Phantom, uh, in the mainstream. You know, there was newspaper articles about it in the Australian and, um, you know, like they raised some money for, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, for some charities and, you know, so there's some, gr- you know, it, it, it's great. Um, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I think it's really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's great that there's been an exhibition um, of of this stuff. Uh, there's some really uh, famous Australian artists amongst this. Um, for those that may not be interested in art or know much about Australian art, there are some very big names in here. Um, Reg Mombassa, most people will probably have heard of. He's one of the um, main artists from Mambo. Uh, he got Mambo started. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Michael Bell, who was a very famous uh, painter from Newcastle, and actually taught me while I was going through art school. He's a lovely guy, and he's the brother of um, William Bell, who owns the Bell Shakespeare Company as well. Um, uh, Lunig, the guy who does the Lunig um, newspaper strips, he's done a, ver- uh, a little cartoon as well, and it's personally my favourite because it's punching Tony Abbott. <laughs> It says, your Prime Minister is incompetent, unfair, and untrustworthy, but that is not the reason why I am socking you on the jaw. The reason I'm doing this is to punish you for constantly wearing that boring suit and that disgraceful, ridiculous blue tie. So there you go, the Phantom's being a bit of a... Which one's that one? Um, It's... If you scroll down, you'll see um, uh, the Jungle Patrol one that Dietmar did himself. Um, it's just 20 two, three, four. It's the fourth row under the one where you can see a bit more of the phantom than you'd like. <laughs> oh, it's on the it. right-hand side. I'll send you the link in a sec, Jane. Um And then there's some original artwork as well here, by the looks of it. Some ra- original Ray Moore. Um, yeah, I know there's some
1: donated stuff as well. Yep. Oh, the boy there again. Oh There's some, um, yeah, newspaper strips, there's some comics. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the Paul Newton uh, oil on canvas, so that was being online. Yep. So, yeah, so it's great to, um, you know, it, it's, it's great to see some of that stuff. And I, I think it's, because the fandom is so rich in, in, in our country, you know. You know, he he's played such a, a key part. In a lot of people's, you know, childhood and extension of childhood. Yeah, it,
0: well, it seems even people that don't read comics necessarily yeah. know who he is. It's just part exactly. of our pop culture now. Yes. Oh, there's a Peter Kensington as well. There's a couple actually. So yeah, there's some some big names here. Um, one of the Peter Kensington ones, the one that's on painted on the fan, um, that was at a gallery that is just down the road from me for a long time. So it's it's kind of cool to see all these things that, you know, you've seen in various places all come together in the one big exhibition. Yeah. Um, but as someone who has studied art, some of it's still a bit crap, but I <laughs> suppose <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to personal opinion. <laughs> Who's this Bernie Grace fella? Bernie Grace, which one's that? Oh, he's the one that's done a, done a uh, portrait of me.
2: <laughs> okay. Just up in the suit. Pretty good
0: likeness there, I reckon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I see. Yep. Oh, yeah, I can I can see the likeness there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's the um ab- abstract one for those listening who can't actually see the. I'm thinking about the, the one shot, uh, the one called the departure, he has got the trolley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must be after he's retired. Right. I suppose we should uh move, move on. on. Yeah. <laughs> Righto, so um, I suppose at this point we come to the part of the episode that Jermaine's been looking for, forward to more than any other, the discussion of new issues. Um, we were going to save, uh, as we mentioned previously, we we're going to save the Hermes stuff for its own um, podcast, so we'll just be covering the through issues that have come out here, and there are quite a few. Um, before we get into the issues themselves, though, once again, the... Topic of um, cover art, true cover art, has come up on Fandom um, Collector, the Facebook group. So we thought we'd we'd just talk about that briefly again. We have covered it before on the podcast, but we thought we'd just go over it again. Um, guys, does anyone want to want to start? Jermaine, I know you're keen. Uh, i Steve, do you want to go first?
1: <laughs> because uh, once I I'll... once I'll... I start, no one else gets a word in. <laughs>
2: Well,
1: I have seen that you've made a comment about Samaris
0: and it's looking the same colour as your baby's nappies. <laughs>
1: okay. Alright, that's it. Alright, I'll start. Okay. So I think right the Sit down, so
0: everyone. Get comfortable.
1: <laughs> I think the covers that we, we start off is there it's a real mix of boiled lollies at the moment. Yeah, some that are you know, that that are good, that are satisfactory, some that are good and then some that you just want to spit back out and put back on a shelf. Um just, I guess the ones that that grab my attention the most are probably the two recent ones. Samaris, um, which is the mustard baby poo yellow, which is 1712. Now, look, yeah, the art's great. Everyone loves filming because you can draw gorgeous girls. You know, we all understand all of that. But, you know, if it wasn't to do with the girl in a bikini, no one would like this cover. The only reason that saves this cover is because of the girl in the bikini. You know that colour is horrible, and then the fact that they've got the title in the gold colour. Does anyone ever remember playing with word art in Word?
0: Yep. Mm.
1: You know the, the, that was like you know what back in the nineties. You know that's what <laughs> some of these covers look like. You know some of the texts. <laughs> it looks like they've just it looks like the guys just open up Word document, got clip art and word art, and just play it around if just are trying to do as many colours as possible. Honestly.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of Design 101. You don't put text of basically the same colour as the background because it blends in. So, yeah, you're right. They've they've really stuffed that one up.
1: Yeah, and, you know,
0: anyone who's had a baby.
1: Now, I've got (laughs) got a newborn three months. You know, uh, three weeks, so around this period of time, they produce... Poo, that looks like that colour. <laughs> I had it all over me yesterday as well, so I know no, I've been up close with it. I know what it looks like. And then the we'll next one...
2: you continue to be covered in it
1: too, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She peed on me last night at four. or this morning at 4 o'clock as well, so I oh, know, I know it's all of that. a parenthood grand. <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, get into it all.
1: <laughs> So, and then the next one, right. Now... The 2014 Christmas special. Now, I must admit, when I first got it, I thought, oh, wow, this is good. This, I like. I like, you know, now, yes, the titles, "Death Stalks the fifth fan. I'm still very word-arty. But it works in this sense because it's different colours, it stands out and all that. And I was, you know, I was going to basically eat my words and say, Fru have done a very good cover on this one. But then... But then, my faith <laughs> was restored, and I saw the claw. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the light, I saw the claw. And, oh my gosh, the claw is bad. Now, obviously what has happened is, the art that they've got this off, whether it was a speech bubble, or a bit of art, or, or something, was hiding the Phantom's right hand. But And so they decided to draw it in themselves. Now, that's all well and good. That's good. I commend them on, you know, because there's nothing worse than having a fan with no hand on the front cover. But I, I, don't know. I think they've come up with something <laughs> <bit> worse. <laughs> that flaw is hideous. It reminds me of that dude from. Uh, who's that oh, guy from uh, Futurama? Oh, oh man, the man.
0: the crustacean dude.
1: Yeah, the crustacean dude. That's what it looks like.
0: Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty bad. I've it's, heard it's people know, uh, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they drew that and went, yep, that looks right. That looks <laughs> I, I mean, no, seriously. Me. So? I
2: reckon they forgot to put a gun in. You know, it looks like they supposed to be holding something.
1: Yeah, it kind of does. does.
0: But. But.
1: <laughs>
2: but. <laughs> Look, they've,
0: they've, they've got the thumb in the right position. I'll give them that. The thumb is in the right position. It's the fact that out of the thumb and out of the, the pad of the hand, of the palm that the thumb is attached to, there's some weird finger thing growing out of it and there's no other digits. It's just, um, like, seriously, how hard is it to go, oh, excuse me, Judith, excuse me, whoever just happens to be in the office, can you just put your hand there for a second while I quickly sketch it? But I know that, I'm speaking as someone that's that's studied art for a number of years and drawn in their life and stuff, but honestly, it is not that hard to make a passable hand. Like, that thing is just...
1: Yeah. It's, it's horrible. That, that is not. <laughs> what, what, what frustrates me is in the sense that some of these other covers, you know, they're not the best, but they've had people in the office to help out. Like, I think it was, um, uh, was there's Paul Agnew who's on Facebook and, you know, I've had some discussions with him um, about uh, the free covers but also the content that they produce, which is a discussion for another podcast. Um, So, you know, he, he, you know, and then there's Glenn Ford. There's probably about 50 other people at least that are, Fans of the Phantom that will be more than willing to be able to, you know, say, "Look, I'll draw you a hand for free."
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I I don't know. It's like you know I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but when they keep making mistakes like that, and it's not the only mistake for the Christmas cover special either. And we'll go into that in a little bit more detail. It's it it is really really going downhill.
0: Something I. Just noticed, because I don't have the Christmas special myself, but I'm just looking at the f- picture of it now. You mentioned at the start, um, Jermaine, you've got The Scoundrel, Death Stalks, the Fifth Phantom, and then you go below and it's got Jumble, Jungle Olympics, King Bongong. The, the perspective of the letterings just suddenly changed, and it completely stuffs up the whole layout of the book. It's like, I don't know how, how much you guys know about The View and, um, direction of um line and stuff and how that affects you when you look at um artwork but basically things like the way the text are placed directs your eye because the lines are going in opposite directions it's basically confusing the hell out of your visual um perception so when people look at that they don't actually know where they're supposed to be looking it's Mm. it's just terrible design like that's like i said before it's design 101 that you don't do stuff like that so the fact that they're making these horrible mistakes, and I think someone else mentioned that they've drawn the gun too small as well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. Yeah,
1: so that that's my whinge about the covers. So now we can discuss the we can discuss the issues, and I will not bring up the cover <laughs> in any of them. I promise.
0: Oh, I'm going to say one more thing about the covers before, okay. we, before we start. I actually posted this on the group as well. But back to the um, Sam- Samaris cover. Now, when I looked at it when you posted the photo, Jermaine, I thought, oh, yeah, that looks pretty good. You know, they've got a bit of nice colouring and stuff happening there. Yeah, it's all right, apart from the baby shit brown. But then I bought it, and you look at the, sh- the shading that they've done, and it looks like Samaris has been punched a dozen times. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, it looks like they've got textures. And, you know, if you go over something with the one spot with a texture more than once, it gets darker? It looks like they've done that. Now, it's obviously been digitally coloured. Whoever's done this must have little to no experience with digitally colouring stuff because it's the same effect. If you go over the same thing multiple times, depending on what tool you're using, granted, but obviously they were using the wrong one for this, it's going to make those sections darker. And it just looks like she's bruised. You look at the brick wall behind her. Again, that looks like it's bruised. But then you have these sections of shadow... And then suddenly in the middle of it, there's light for no apparent reason. Like, I understand that these people doing this probably aren't artists. But, I mean, it's common sense that light and shadow follows the contours of the body and muscle. You, they could have easily done such a better job than this. And it just makes it look, and I've said this before, it makes it look amateurish and really, I don't, yeah, maybe it's a harsh word, but kind of pathetic, really. It just does not look good. Now, I heard something, I don't know if it's true, and I can't even
1: re- remember who told me, but I heard that it's not actually... What happens, well, this is like I said, this is what I've been told, so I can't confirm it, is um, the publisher chooses a panel, right, sends it over to the uh, printers, and then it's their job to basically come up with the art, the colouring, the, the scanning, the blowing up, the blowing up of the panel to fit the A4 page and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it, that's what I've been told is that that's kind of what the process is.
0: So in that instance, through themselves aren't even doing the cover? No. If it's true, uh, basically, oh, it
1: is, they would say, Oh, I like this panel. Can you make that the cover? Now, that's what I, I can't confirm it until, unless, you know, unless we get to talk to through. Which they probably would never talk to us after um, after a couple of our um, X Fan
0: um, podcasts. Yeah. Well, I, t- I tell you what, if that is the case, and like you say, Jermaine, we can't confirm that it's true or not. If it is true, that's, to me, that's disgusting. Like, if you don't even care about your publication enough to do the cover yourself, which is the most important part of the book as far as selling it goes, that's just. I'm just not going to say anything because that's that's really bad. I, I All just, right, so we'll go yeah, on to we'll, the we'll go on to the comics then, huh? Yeah, we'll go on before I start a rant. <laughs> <laughs> to
2: give him some credit, I like seventeen ten and seventeen oh nine. I thought the covers on that, or well, the front covers, looked good on that. Yeah. But Am I going out on a limb there, or?
1: Um no, like seventeen ten, that you know, if you read the message from the publisher. It says that um, that it was copied off the original um, the original cover, and um, one of the readers, which is Paul Agnew, who's on Facebook, um, he helped with the art as well. So you know, so it's kind of like it's definitely the original of what was actually done um, when it was republished before. So you know, and 1709 it uses a good panel. Yeah. yeah. Although the phantom bashing up someone is, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a um, the phantom's rolling, and then he's got then he's got he's a speech bubble, company. and so he's thinking about punching someone. So, yeah,
0: it's a bit of a shame because I had some nice covers happening there for a while. Like um, epilogue, that was a really nice cover. Um, issue sixteen ninety seven. The cover for Pandora's Box, Part Two and Part One—I think was it Part One? Yeah, Part One. They were both really nice. And
2: uh,
0: now we've just got—and I think too, although it does have the same uh, shadowing issue that I mentioned with the The Death of a Pirate Queen cover, I think, is really nice as well. Um, But yeah, those these last two are just terrible. (laughs) Anyway, let's get on with the stories. So, um,
1: 1707 is the New France. Um, it's a new story um, that was created from uh, Egmont, um, and it's basically about um, the Phantom going to uh, the New France, which was basically the uh, the French area of uh, Canada, or modern-day Canada. Um, so, what did you guys think of it?
2: <laughs> I, I enjoyed it but i, I got confused um, as to who which character was which they all kind of look the same with their long wigs and fancy clothes
0: um i kind of had the same feeling about this as i do with most historical stories i found it incredibly boring yeah
1: so. i i enjoy historical stories because you know you pick up I'm a bit of a history buff. I enjoy bits of history. So, you know, you pick up little bits and pieces and then, you know, when you're watching a movie or a show or you're talking about something, you can kind of throw it out and it makes you look smarter than what you really are. So... <laughs> just keep so, so, um, when you need it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so I enjoy it. Um, it was, it's the area, it's the era that I like. You know, I like those, you know, type, that, that era. Um, it's a great story. It... it it um it highlights uh very well the atro- atrocities, I can't even say the word the um atrocities that's the word of uh of basically what happened in a lot of uh, uh coloni- colonized areas whether it's Australia America Canada or even India and stuff like that you know it highlighted basically um, how us white men stuffed up a lot of areas so. I think that's good because, uh, you know, people reading it will, will realise that, you know, wow, you know, it will give people an insight on just how bad it was back then and stuff. So, you know, as much as some, you know, some people may get confused with the old historical side and all that, I enjoy it and I think it, it does um, uh, bring out some good, you know, some good stories and but also gets people interested in history and, you know, and, and stuff like that as well.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So the next issue, 1708, is The Test, which uh, has been printed by Fru before.
1: Well, about four times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't us have those issues, though. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a perfect example of them picking a terrible frame for the front cover. Um, I don't
1: actually mind it.
0: <laughs> oh, I think, I think it looks Apart stocky. from,
1: the, like, the, the actual art is bad. Like, you know, like um, the Phantom's face looks like he's got cancer or he's <laughs> doubling up as the Elephant Man or something like that. Um, but I the like purple. the dark shell the shadows, the, the mysterious element. And But, yeah, you're right. The art itself is bad, but the colouring and and that is, is OK. Yeah. But from the gold lettering.
0: Yeah, the gold lettering's a bit much. Um, <laughs> See, I don't mind the gold lettering. But
2: when it's on the purple like that, I don't mind it. When it was on the the baby foot yellow, no, I didn't like that.
0: Um, Just before we get into the story, are you guys missing the top strip that used to be there, the yellow and red strip? Do you guys miss that, or are you glad it's gone?
1: No. I'm glad it's gone. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of reminds... It reminds me of the strip that was... Shown in the, uh, the eight hundred and the nine hundred comics, hmm. but I don't think it worked. Um,
0: I think maybe a different colour scheme would have would have been yeah, better. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think it was a great idea because if you think about it, the comics when they're in the newsagent, and let's face it, you know ninety percent of the f- of the comics that are through comics are in newsagents. Hmm. It's only the top third that actually shows, and it did stand out. So I understood the reasoning behind it. I just don't think it. The, I just don't think it worked.
0: Actually, that reminds me of a, of a point I wanted to bring up when we were talking about the um, the covers, but I forgot. Um, so I'll mention it now. Seeing we're talking about the title, um, part of my complaint was, Samaris um, and probably. Um, the other uh, the test as well, but it really seemed to stand out to me on the uh, Samara. Is it Samaras or Samaris or anyway? Um, really seemed to stand out to me on that cover is just how much space is taken up by the titles. So you've got the title of the book, which is The Phantom, obviously, and then you've got the title of the story, which In in the case of the Samaras book, um, because they've got the artwork under the title, it pushes the artwork down a lot. Now, personally, I would prefer more um, space given to... The artwork. Now, what I would do if it was up to me is I'd move the the Phantom right up to the top of the book, and you know, still have your thirty-six pages and issue number and all that, but get rid of the story title at the top of the book. If that was needed, if that had to be on there, I'd put it down the bottom. The reason I say that is that yeah, you can see you know the title of the story, but I think the title the Phantom is too far down, um, and yeah. also I think that. This probably doesn't matter so much uh, in Fru's case, given to what I've just said, but what people look at when they're just browsing through a news agent isn't necessarily the title. It's more the cover, the cover art. Um, And I think that needs to be more at the forefront. Now, I know a lot of people don't like it uh, when we do this, but comparing it to um, U.S. comics, you'll notice that on a lot of American comics, they have the title of the book, so Amazing Spider-Man or whatever, big and bold Uh, Right there, and then they've got the artwork. A lot of times they don't have, um, the title of the story that's left for the inside of the the book, or they have, um, they have just a little blurb or something on the cover. I kind of, I like that a lot better, just from a, from a design and a, um, I suppose purchaser point of view.
1: Yeah, I've, I've just been looking at some comics where you've been talking. Just in front of me, I've got the Legendary, I've got the Norway, the Swedish one, um, I've got some German ones, you know, for all around the world. I've got um, some Greek ones, some Indian ones, and the majority of them are kind of like that, like they, they put the title, the Phantom, straight up the top, mm-hmm. and then a lot of them put the t- if they've got the title, they put it in the lower half, kind of yeah. to the side or something. So maybe that is something that could be worth, doing because obviously the reason they're going for the the you know the that two-tone bar at the top or or whatever is they're trying to grab people's attention and the different colors like the the yellow which does stand out the that deep purple so you know i think they're trying things and all that but maybe um you know maybe it could be worth something cuz you don't need 36 pages you don't need the numbers up the top that could be down the bottom
0: uh, I, I think the um the new story and the thirty six pages thing is kind of redundant now um, I'm actually just looking at a cover of the superior spider-man Marvel book at the moment and they have that a similar thing to the bar to the fruit bar except it's at the bottom so what they've got is they they've got the superior spider-man right up the very top they've got the artwork and then right at the bottom of the comic so um, the bottom, I don't know, maybe four or five centimetres, you have the issue number. Um, and unlike through Marvel and DC put the last names of the creators on the book, so they have that there. And then, you know, the Marvel logo and stuff. If Fru did something like that, they had the bar at the bottom with the issue number or maybe the 36 pages, and new story or whatever, and the title, I think that would work, you know, just as well and still have all the information because people will go, oh, there's a phantom, I don't recognise that cover. they pick it up, have a look and go, oh, yeah, okay, so it's the test, I already have that in another issue. And they put it back on, on the shelf. So you can yeah. still have all that information there, it's just not um, I, yeah. hiding the artwork as much.
1: I think the only, the thing that is a little bit different is the medium's a little bit different. You've got the, well, not the medium, the selling medium. In Australia with the food comics, it's in the news... In a newsagent, and it's on a shelf, and on a shelf you see the top, the top third most of the time. Where in a comic book store, they they kind of show the whole cover.
0: Yeah, that is true. That
1: so is true. yeah, but um, anyway, um, we'll get on to the actual story. So <laughs> this story is a, is an amazing story. It's like one of you know it's probably one of the top 10, 20 stories of all creation. <laughs> that of all um, of the Phantom, you know, it's probably it's one of the be- better Phantom stories ever.
0: Yeah, I, I really like this story.
1: Um, and so you know, it's it's one of those stories you don't mind that gets republished every you know ten years because you know there's going there's does it you know in in fifty years time it's still going to be an enjoyable read.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't age either, which is really nice. Like because yeah. the, it's always been about the twenty first phantom, so to see the test he went through, it's um, always relevant. Yeah. So
1: what about have you read that story
0: before, Steve? Uh, I don't remember it, but, I have. but
1: um, yeah. So I thought it was good. Like yeah, I can see why you you know put it in your top ten. It's a it's a
2: good um uh, what do you call it? Good yarn. Yeah, good yarn, yeah, good yarn. But you know how he came to be. You know the type of things he has to do to, to become the phantom, to become you know to move on from kit to, to the phantom. It's you know, quite a test, as I say. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I also like how you know he doesn't fulfil all the um the tasks he was supposed to do on time, but because he's his father found out that he helped um, that woman that was going that was being attacked and all that sort of stuff, you know. And he made that decision, which was more important, and that's what actually got him through the test. I thought that that was a nice little touch. Yeah, his yeah.
1: phantom qualities.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It reminds me of the, was it the Defenders of the Earth, the test version, the episode?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Where the younger brother actually became the fandom because he showed the same tendencies rather than his brother who just wanted to be, wanted to win yeah. at, or, at any cost. Mm-hmm. Didn't they also so
2: like, yeah. Some sort of storm theme or
1: something. Like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh 1709 is the I can never say this word. It's the use, how do you? Yeah, that's the one. Do you want to uh, introduce this one, Steve? Alright, uh, well, it's another historical story. <laughs> Yay! Um,
2: yeah, yeah, I can see you going off. Um, it's uh, from the first phantom. And the um, you know, you know, Acera got someone doing dodgy debts, you know, um, saying that someone hasn't paid their debt, and in this case, it's the, you know, the phantom, or the phantom's um, ancestor, hasn't paid the debt, and they're, they're looking to collect. Um, and so. Yeah, and, that, and that's where the, the adventure then uh, moves on and the boat tries to cover his tracks but of course that doesn't work out the way he wants it to and information gets out and finally gets into the right hands but yeah I, I enjoyed it like I, I'm just looking through it now and I love the artwork like I know it's black and white but I enjoy that that's what I've come to I've come to know fandom. but um, yeah he packs along and, and, yeah even when he's just a, just as um kit. He's um, putting the fear of well, putting the fear of the phantom into the, into the bloke. It looks like he's
0: sweating bullets.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's um. You said you enjoyed the artwork. It's interesting because um. Uh, Henia Bade is uh, an artist that has divided attention. Um, between me and Joe on previous podcasts <laughs> where, um, where I think, well, Joe's never liked. Him. No, I'm not I a like fan. I've liked his earlier stuff, but I haven't liked his, um, his recent stuff. So it's interesting that you've that you enjoyed the artwork.
2: Yeah, well, well, it really sets the tone. Like, you know, the Phantom's angry, and that's really coming through, you know, with the shadows. And, you know, Joe was talking about light and dark, and I reckon he's used that quite well in this. You know, the Phantom's you know, pointing the finger, and he's got his arms properly. You know, I just, he looked really aggressive, and, you know, he's really ticked off. And I think that comes through really well.
0: Yeah. Have,
1: yeah. <laughs> have you read this story, Joe?
0: Uh, no, I actually didn't pick it up because of the art.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on there. Huh? <laughs> um, the Grey Vandal. i story, it's a good
0: one, I think. I'll have to check it out, check it out then. Uh,
1: 1710 is The Grey Vandal. It's another uh, classic or another reprint because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a good story. Um, yeah, I, I tend to struggle when we're getting a lot of reprints. Like I understand that you have to have them and and stuff like that because there's just you know so many circumstances. But um, yeah, it, it's a good story. It's you know it's a great story. If you haven't read it before, it's worth picking up. Um, the art's interesting. It's uh, Caesar Spadaria. I, c- I quite like his artwork. Um, so yes, yeah. so what do you guys think of it?
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind it as a story. Um, it's not probably one of my ultimate favourites, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy it well enough to read it and. Um, I, I admittedly didn't pick up this particular issue because it was a reprint, but I have the have it already anyway, so I remember it from um you know, I went back for the podcast and looked at what the story was, had a bit of a flip through. Um yeah, I I I enjoy it, but um you know, for what it is, but that's that's about all. I don't really have a lot to say about it to be honest.
1: What about you, Steve? Have you did you read it before?
0: Uh, once again if I have I don't
2: remember it.
0: and <laughs> Maybe that says more than anything. Yeah, but um, oh, I
2: enjoyed it, you know, coming back to it again.
1: Yeah. So, um, 1711, now, this is the issue that we've, we've raised this issue on the podcast. Yes, we have. Yeah, the comic, the story on the podcast before, and we've raised it countless times on social media as well. And we even get a... Um, where is it? We even... We even get a little shout out in the actual previous issue, where um, where it says, "Coming up soon, next issue. In fact, I am listening. Blogging fans is the much anticipated and long expected death of a pirate queen." So it's good to it's good to hear that um, uh, that Dudley and Fru have been listening. They might not listen anymore
0: um, <laughs> after this one,
1: <laughs> but um, you know it's good that that our voice has been heard, the voice of the people. Um, <laughs> now, I really enjoyed um, this whole storyline. This story was a little bit um, higgly piggly It was kind of hard to follow. But um, in talking to David Bishop, he said that when he first created this character and then when he got asked to create more stories about her, he said it was so hard to do it because of the first story it was... It was so different, like, you know, she had this scar and then she was letting the Sing Pirates and she was hiding herself from the Phantom and, you know, he said it was quite hard to tie everything together Mm -hmm. and this story is much anticipated, um, uh, but it was, you can kind of tell that there was a few places where the writer was struggling to try and tie all the pieces together, if that makes sense.
0: So it wasn't originally intended to be a series?
1: No, it wasn't originally intended. It was originally just a, a one off story, but it got such great feedback from the fans that, um, that he was asked to uh, create more about her. Yep. So that's when we got, you know, from the beginning, which was when she was a kid to, you know, when she was the 17th fan and his love you know, lover, and then, you know, she was the old hag, and, you know, you know, two basically when she died. So I think overall it did a great, um, it did really good at uh, tying it all together. But, um, yeah, it, I thought it did really well.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I admittedly um, didn't pick up on the stuff that you mentioned, Jermaine, that was maybe a bit iffy as far as tying things up. Is concerned, but that's probably because it's been so long since I read the originals. I'll yeah. have to go back and reread um, the whole the whole series and you know, as, as one sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great story. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of bittersweet because, like you say, I've been looking forward to it for so long. But um, you know, to, to know that's probably the end for for Miss Bishop. It's a bit of um, it's a bit, a bit sad because she's a great character. Somerset. Oh, yeah, where'd I get Bishop from?
1: Bishop's the uh, the author.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I thought her name was Kate Bishop for some, r- some reason. <laughs> anyway, Somerset, sorry. What about you, Steve? What did you think of it?
2: Um, yeah, I agree with Janine. I found a few bits confusing, and, and yeah, I don't think I've read the other parts of the story, so um, yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit harder for me to follow, but on its own, yeah. It Good, cracking along. She gets a fair bit of action in there, so yeah, I don't really have
1: an an opinion. It was just a story to me. Well, if um, yeah, yeah, I think it's worth digging it out, and then you'll see that she gets some uh, different type of action as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I remember there was a bit of controversy about. uh, I can't remember which part, but um, I think one of the previous issues they covered up her being naked, like they altered the artwork. But then in a following issue, one of her pirates was an African woman who was topless the whole way and Fru didn't cover that up. <laughs> so, yeah. Enough it shit. might <laughs> It might be worth, um, I'm sure you can
1: probably find it on Wikipedia, but it might be worth um, maybe on the on the website or something. We will um, do up a list of all the stories that she's appeared in. Yep. Yeah. Um, just so, you know, because obviously there's some people that haven't read it all, can't remember it all. It was kind of like one of those... It was a really good sub-story throughout, you know, a few years. I can't remember when it first was published or when the first story was published, but it was, you know, at least five plus years ago, so... Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a long time coming. Cool. Right, well, um, let's move on to the... To the baby poo issue, <laughs> so um, Samaris, what is, this again is another reprint, um, but of well, I, I suppose it's it's a reprint of a cover version. Would you call it? Yeah, um, because of course it's based on the Leaf Falk story of the same name, but the art is um, is done by Felling, who as Jermaine said at the start, is very well-known for being able to draw beautiful women, but I think he can draw pretty much everything fairly well. Um, yes. So, yeah, what, what do you guys think of think of Felmang's take on the Samara story?
1: Have you read this one before, Steve?
2: No one asked me that no question. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only ones I remember, I remember the, um, the, um, the triads, because that's my favourite.
0: Yeah, that's a good and, story.
2: You know, a couple of the major ones. Every now and then I might, I might read one. And think, Hang on, I have seen that one before. But um, yeah. But having said that, I, I enjoyed this. You know, having the, the woman live for uh, three hundred years and gets jealous of the phantom, and you know, jealous, and then jealousy leads into love, and yeah, and then it becomes a bit of like a, a Dorian Gray type situation.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a trope now with the Phantom for, you know, the women to fall madly in love with him and want to kill him and then not kill him and get angry and stuff. But I think the fact that she's supposed to be 300 years old makes it that bit more interesting, you know, gives it that little mm. twist. Um,
1: it's, yeah, it's it's really good. I like, um... Uh, I liked how it was... um you know, like it was told by someone else, you know, whether it's it's not Old Man Moz, but it was kind of told by someone. And so it gives you that idea. It's kind of like, is this just a story or did it really happen? It's got that mysterious little element to it. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, because little kid goes, is this true, you know, the last panel and, and the guys, you know, what is... Is always oh, I always tell the truth, and you know it's kind of like, well, did you tell the truth? Is it true? Is it you know just a you know a jungle legend that has been uh, made bigger than what it than what it really what it really was, and so yeah, no, it's a great story. Um, uh, there was a discussion on Facebook uh, where we actually discussed stories that have been reproduced, and this is actually one of the few. You've got the Tiger Queen, which was another one done by Phil Mang. Uh, the Lady Luck and Samaris, which were all done by Fellmong, which all have strong, powerful women in not many clothes. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> um, well, if you then... got
0: something, stick to it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then you've got another one, which is uh, the story of the Phantom, which is what we've found out is actually being reproduced in four different by four different times, which is yeah. probably the most.
0: Um, so, the original title I believe for this was Queen Samaris the Twelfth because um, it was the 12th time she'd faked her death and come back. And um, for those history buffs out there, the original, um, the original Lee Falk version of this was drawn by uh, Bill Lign- Lignanti and is infamous for um, a scene in which Samara starts to change into the older woman, and the Phantom is so surprised that his eyes could be seen through his mask. Um, For a long time, there was a rumour going around that the reason Bill Lugnancy only did so few um, Phantom stories is that he drew the Phantom's eyes in that scene and Lee Fork was so disgusted, he fired him. That is actually not true. Um, (laughs) I don't think Lee Fork even noticed or cared if he did, so that's just an urban legend. But it's it's an interesting story all the same.
1: Yeah, what had actually happened is... um Bill was basically just as a fill-in fill uh, before um, Sky Barrier can come on to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, so um, he, he was always there just for a, for a small amount of time. But um, that's the story that is built up in urban legend for whatever reason. But it's a lot better that, you know, he drew, he drew the Phantom's eyes and then he got sacked. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But it's not the first time that his eyes have been shown in a daily or a Sunday um, story. Uh, Graham Nolan did it, and he copped a lot of wrath from it. Yeah. Um, actually, I spoke to him about why he did it, and, um, and it was an interesting reason. and I kind of agree with that. It was a good idea. And then the other one was um, Lee Falk and uh, Ray, Moore, Ray Moore themselves. So yeah, so I guess we'll move on to the next issue, which is the mm-hmm. Christmas special. Yep. Um The Claw. The Claw. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
1: so not mentioning get the past cover.
0: the
1: claw. <laughs> yeah, we'll get past the claw. So it's got four stories. It's got two daily, uh, no two newspaper. The Scoundrel, which is a daily, and Death Stalks the Fifth Avenue, which is a Sunday. And then it's got two classics or two reprints. Um... <laughs> so a couple of things that along with the um the cover issues which we've already discussed there's a few repeated panels and it's not where the repeated panels are kind of like a you know oh if you missed out this is what happened last week it's actually pieces that have been missed out that are actually part of the actual story. So if you've got the story in front of you and you're you're listening to this and you didn't see it, you've got page 35, which is the second line down. Now, the reason you can tell this is if you actually look at the dates and if you're actually following the story, you've got Lara Bell in the uh, pub and then the next line, she's actually back in the skull throne. And then if you look at the dates, it's uh, the 16th of the fourth month and then it's back to the 17th of the second month. And then it goes back. And she's back into the pub and she meets the fandom again. And it's the 18th of the fourth month. So that's a bit of a boo-boo. <laughs> and, then the, and then the second bit of boo-boo, which, interesting are all with the new story, which you have to wonder what the whole editor process is because, you know, it probably should have been picked up, um, is page 59 uh, where... You've got the second last line where it's a repeated panel. Now, if you, uh, I've checked this with the, um, uh, what do you call it, with the actual original Sunday, um, and there is actually a missing panel there. Now, some people may raise the issue on page 58, the last line, and then page 59, the first Line, where the panels are the same, but if you're actually looking at the speech bubbles, they are actually different. So that's what I was talking about before, where you're having the panels which kind of carry on from the previous week or the previous day. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a um, concern that some things like that slip through.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing, isn't it, when um, Fru seems to hold the strips in such a high regard that they, you know, would mess up something something like that and like you say how was it not picked up during the editorial process but
2: anyway there's there's also another issue on page 76 77 where um, I don't think there's any missing panels but there's one out of order oh okay uh, yeah you've got uh, Devil attacking the the bad guy and then next time you see Devil he's just sitting there with his tongue out Uh, ah
1: yes he
2: um, hasn't gone over to, to Rex yet so um
1: yeah, like, if you look yeah. at it, if you go down the one line, it's actually, devil's still by the Phantom. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, you're yeah. right.
0: It's a shame. <laughs> it yes, is, good
1: story, I enjoyed it. I have to dig out the original Sunday or something to have a look at that. Mm. Yeah, so, um, the stories are, you know, the stories are fun, the stories are, you know, are enjoyable, um... Did anyone have any in, uh, particular comments about the stories?
0: Uh, no, I, I haven't actually picked up the issue yet.
2: Well, I, well, I liked them. I, I like following them in the paper and and what have you. But then with the um, with the Sunday one, the Death Stores, the Fifth Phantom, they make reference to a um, an earlier story, and I would have thought that would have been a good one if you're going to include um, a reprint or a classic, or whatever you want to call it, um, in the in the book. Why not include that one? Yeah, you know, the, the, the story that they um, that they refer
1: to. Yeah, or either refer when it was last published by a free comic.
2: Yeah, that too. So yeah, um, yeah, this Captain Amazon pirate queen, pulp, Barry, 1989. Yeah, so, yeah, it yeah, makes reference to it. So it would be nice to include it, or yeah, say when it was published by Free.
1: I think from memory. Now, <laughs> just going on the Wikipedia, I think from memory that story was actually. Reprinted not too long ago, so that might be the reason why.
2: Okay.
1: Um, giving them the benefit of the doubt.
2: Yep.
1: Um, Queen Amazon, Pirate Queen. Where are we? So I'm just giving you two seconds. So yeah, it was last re, uh, republished back in 2008. So oh, that's six years. I don't yeah. know whether you would do that.
0: But still, like like Stephen says, they could have put a mention in the, in the letter from yeah. the publisher or whatever. Um, which, which, which would have been good. Yeah. We'll just to it. it doesn't take
2: away from the story. It's just a nice little addition.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and it, you could have done the same with um, The Death of the Pirate Queen is, like, do a list of all the different through issues of all the different parts.
0: Yeah. Um, make...
1: Now, I... You know, I've dug out a list, and so we'll stick that up on the. I'll stick up on the website or Facebook or, or something like that, so people can um, follow up on that if they if they are interested themselves.
0: Yep. And again, you know, this is like what I was saying before. Now that that series is pretty much done, and through have got the art for all the all the all the um, various installments, why not? You know, make one of their 100-page specials, you know, the whole thing in one book will probably be more than 100 pages, but still, you know, I, I just think that would be a nice thing to do, especially for people um, like Steve who has, haven't read them Read them yeah, all. Yeah. And it's a lot more fun, well, maybe not more fun, but it's a lot more, um, uh, I suppose, satisfying reading it all in the one go than having it broken up over such a long time. mm. So, but anyway,
1: <laughs> I did like um, in the Christmas special message from the publisher where Dadly like drops some hints at like Christmas presents, like you know, like oh you can get the annual pre-ordered or you can yeah. get the posters or or you get a diary. You know, I hope someone does that for me. You know, I, I quite like that. It was kind of cheeky and it was, you know, like you could almost you could almost use it as a subtle hint for the. Um, for the wife or the, you know, the partner. Or something. Yeah. Can
0: you just yeah. read this is, for me? Is there any mention of the annual in that Christmas issue?
1: Like, do they uh, say... Not the stories um, mm-hmm. or anything, but they do make oh, mention it's... of it. And you can pre-order it, which is a good idea as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but...
2: say it's full, full of Falcon Barry and 244
0: pages. Oh, okay. So I was going to say playing... Oh, excuse me, Devil's Advocate. I was going to say, what would what are your guys' hopes for the annual this year or well, next year?
1: Here it is: eight classic gang stories. Oh, okay. So it sounds like there's going to be like a theme. Yeah. Yeah. My, if I was to, if I was to get an annual of my choice, it would be the whole Heart of Darkness storyline.
0: Mhm. Yep. That's that would be good.
1: <laughs> yeah. That will be my annual of choice.
0: Fair enough. What about you, Steve? Do you have any particular thing you'd like to see in an annual?
1: Yeah, I'd
2: love to see or the one I, I mentioned earlier, but the triads. I'd love to see that in just one one big hit. Probably wouldn't fill up a, an annual, mm. but um, that's one thing I'd like to see in, in one big hit.
0: Well, you could collect um, several stories. You could do. Um, The Triad, and I think the Ibis Mystery was around that time, and that's really good as well. Um, Or the Golden Rune. Yeah, the Golden Rune. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot you can choose from.
1: But Uh, I also think that, like, you have some fandom stories that uh, are previously unpublished that are not of the highest quality. We will agree with that. But I think that's the type of... The annual, you can kind of slip those in to give something new for the grouchy old farts who want new stories like us. Mm. But then you're also... It's kind of an oddity. It's something rare which gives value to the annual. Yeah. Um, but it also enables you to kind of slip something in... Um, you know, where it doesn't detract from a a single issue or something like that. So that'll be my second wish is that there'll be some, uh, rarity stories slipped in the annual.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be cool. Um, I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure what I, what I'd, there's a lot of stories, um, like the triad that, that Stephen mentioned that are shorter that I'd like to see all in one collection. Like, um, Curse of the Granite God, I love, but it's only two issues. Um, there's, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it, and it's Escape, the Ibis Mystery, which I mentioned mentioned before. Um, I think, actually, a good idea, if they're going to have a theme, would be to collect all the Dog Eye Sing stories and put them in, in a book, because um, he's kind of been in and out for a fair while now, so people coming in. Uh, more recently probably weren't, wouldn't have read the original stories from him, and he's quite an interesting character. So, you know, something like that would be really cool as well.
1: Mm. I do like the idea of the themed though. Like, you know, like if you're going to be doing an annual, if there's like a theme, like obviously Dudley's got all gangsters or, or mob or, or something. So, you know, I'm thinking we'll probably get like the Guru Jungle Muggers um, you know, then you've probably got some other, uh, you know, gang-related stories. It, there was the one,
0: um, oh, I can't think of the title of it, but it was the 20th Phantom set in, um, like, 1950s New York or something. That, And I think it was printed in one of the early 90s uh, Christmas specials or maybe one of the 100-page specials. It was really good. Was that The King of Chicago? Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, that that, that wasn't a...
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a... Um, that was in Prohibition time.
0: Oh, Prohibition, was it? Yeah, that was... I actually yeah.
1: do
2: remember that one.
0: That's a brief story. <laughs> <though>. <laughs>
1: but, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the fact that there's a theme. I think the theme's kind of good.
0: Mm. And what about the uh, replica issue? Would you guys like to see that stay, or would you prefer... Oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, fair enough. Ah, um,
2: oh, no, start it, got to finish it. I,
0: I'd prefer, I'd prefer something. If they want to give something away with the issue, I'd prefer something like uh, a nice poster. But by nice, I mean something that's quality, not just a copied frame from a comic, badly coloured. Um, you know, get Antonio Lemos or Glenford Ford or someone to do a nice artwork, you know, it's only once a year. Um, Failing that, add the paper you'd spend on making the replica into the annual itself. And then give us yeah. an extra 20-odd pages. I don't
1: know. Like, the, the annuals, the, the replicas were, and I, I've said this every year, so I've probably said, like, a broken record. Um, so I'll say it really briefly for the people that are sick and tired of listening to me. <laughs> um the annuals were the the replicas were great at the start because it's kind of like oh you get you know this is what the first fandom kind of looked like. But we're we're now up to what 25, 22 or something, and, and then this, it doesn't hold any anything special or nostalgic feeling or no, know. the novelty's worn off. Yeah, the novelty is yeah. worn
0: off. I think now, they should I'm have d- done maybe the first ten and then changed to something else. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of like it uh, worked back then. It will still it's still working now, and I don't know. I think it's time to
0: yeah, because I don't think anyone's buying the annual just for the replica. No. Nah. Um. Yeah, and, and it is kind of cool, and it's cool how uh, they have the older ads. You know, the, the ads that was originally printed printed with that issue back in the '30s are still in there, but um, yeah, like you say, now we're up to. 20-odd, it is getting a bit you know, a bit silly mm. I think they need to, to change something up a little bit But I think a poster, was, you know, you
1: can do a poster relatively cheap Yeah. like what they did with um, I think it was 1032 and 972 they did posters actually in the comic, I don't know how expensive it was
0: but That's the it's...
1: family one, is it? Yeah, there's the family one, and then there's a poster, I think it was done by Sky Barry, you know, congratulating. Yeah. You know. I'm just gonna have to so, sit in
2: there, boys. My, my toddler's crying. I've, I've just gotta go see him for a minute.
1: Right here. No <laughs> worries. Oh, well, thanks for joining us again, mate. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I
0: think having
1: a poster could be an idea.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, um, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to mention, Jermaine? No, not
1: really. I guess, you know, if you listen to it before Christmas, have a great Christmas, a good New Year, and, you know, I hope you get lots of fandom stuff in everyone's stockings.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm This will most definitely be the last issue, ah, last issue, last episode before Christmas. We might be able to squeeze another one in before the New Year, though. Um, But, yeah, Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Holidays, Merry... Hanukkah, Merry, Summer Solstice, whatever it is you celebrate, I hope you have a good one over the over the holiday break. And um, you get lots
1: of fandom stuff.
0: And you get lots of fandom stuff, yes,
1: definitely. Or if you like me, you buy
0: your own presents or your own fandom stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I always have my family saying, oh, it's so hard to buy for you. And I say, how is it hard to buy for me? I have all these collectibles. And they say, well, we don't know what you've got and what you don't. Mm, fair enough. So, yeah, but, yeah, hopefully I'll get some fandom goodies um, rightio well, as always, you can find uh, all the latest fandom news at chroniclechamber.com uh, and all the latest issue listings as well. When I finally get around to getting them up, I am sorry it took so long um, for the previous ones. Um, and, of course, we're also on Facebook. We have the Chronicle Chamber fandom fan page. We have the fandom collector group. We're also on Twitter and on Google Plus. Links to all of those are on the website. All right, Jermaine, Rose, Stephen. Thank you very much for joining me again for this episode. No worries,
1: mate. Thanks for having us, and thanks for people listening to us.
0: Yeah, I want, well, what are, are we eighteen episodes in, and people are still listening? So they're not. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I thought their the tolerance would be a lot less than this, but anyway. <laughs> all right. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have a good holiday period again and we'll catch you in the new year, if not before. Right. Bye.
1: Bye.